We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the label injury prone has been slapped on Rashad Bateman and the Ravens wide receiver doesn't like it. Yeah, Bateman pushed back on that narrative with a snarky tweet, but I'll tell you what, it's going to take a lot more than that to convince people otherwise. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, January 27th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So for those who remain curious about Lamar Jackson's immediate future in Baltimore, the unofficial deadline if the franchise were to opt for a trade is coming right around the corner quicker than you think. Plus, it's mock draft season, and while it may seem too early to dive into predictions, we'll review who the experts have the Ravens taking at 22 overall in April. And I'll tell you what, some are exciting and some are kind of depressing yeah we have all that and more coming up thanks for waking up with the morning vault where you get the most important ravens news in about 15 minutes well i think we can all still remember the excitement around baltimore when eric DaCosta used the 27th overall pick in the first round of the 2021 nfl draft on minnesota wide receiver rashad bateman at the time there was this thought that Bateman would automatically become the true number one wide receiver the Ravens have been missing on for decades. And Bobby, maybe Bateman can still fulfill that vision of his potential. I have not given up that hope. But injuries have derailed the start to his career so far. In his first two years as a pro, Rashad has already missed 16 of 34 games. I have to remember back during his rookie season, he suffered that groin injury at training camp practice and was later placed on injured reserve, missing the first five games of that season. And then last year, he suffered a foot injury that he tried to work through, but ultimately was placed on injured reserve for a second year in a row to have Liz Frank foot surgery. So after missing nearly half the games of his young career, some have called him injury prone and Bateman could not disagree more. So the receiver took to Twitter Tuesday and wrote, quote, never missed a practice or game until the NFL. Injury prone, y'all so weak, close quote. I mean, Bateman's not wrong. He did play all 31 games of his three-year college career. So perhaps these back-to-back seasons of injuries is just a cluster of bad luck. Matter of fact, durability was considered a strength on his scouting report 
If you go back and look, Sarah. And to be fair, Bateman is not the only receiver who deals with injuries like this. In fact, I looked it up here at OhioBets.com. They combed through the last decade of data and found that receiver is the most injury-prone position in the NFL, followed by cornerback, which I think we have all learned here in Baltimore. But even with that background information of injury-prone positions, and even with his pristine college game attendance record, it's going to take more than a Twitter post to convince some Ravens fans he's going to have to play an entire season to start to change this narrative. Well, I guess the good news is that he is set up to do so, and that's according to John Harbaugh. Remember, Bateman is about to hit an important milestone in his injury rehab process, and it's only January. This came from last week's end-of-season press conference. The screws can come out if it's the best thing for them to come out, and I think they will come out, but they don't have to come out, right? I'm not exactly sure how that works, but the point about Bateman is, is he's almost he's going to be ready real soon to run full speed, so... To Eric's point, he's going to have a great offseason. You know, he's going to be up and running, just like Marlon was in the office today talking about his offseason plans. All these guys are healthy going into the offseason, which gives them a chance to train you know, th- from now until then to get ready to go, and that helps your injury outlook going forward too. Now, Harbaugh was also asked if Bateman will have the screws removed from his foot so he doesn't have to play with them next season, and Harbs wasn't exactly sure, but did believe they could or would come out but also said that they didn't absolutely have to immediately. Now, if you remember, Marquise Brown had to play his rookie season with screws in coming off that foot injury at Oklahoma, and I definitely remember him talking about the limitations that came with doing so. Yeah, well, however Bateman chooses to approach it, it's certainly good news that he's getting ready to run full speed this early in the offseason if he hasn't already done so already since that was Harbaugh's quote from last week. And Bateman has time to work all of this out. Screws, no screws, all of it. So if he can have a healthy training camp, the hope is he gets off to a strong start in 2023, the way he just did in 2022, when he caught eight catches for 226 yards and two touchdowns in the Ravens' first three games before suffering that injury in week four. So to be honest, Bobby, I feel like that offense – never really recovered after he went down, and Bateman is that good. So we wish him the best as he continues this rehab process and prove that durability is really not an issue. Certainly wouldn't hurt if he stays off Twitter, too. Not sure what good can come uh, from hopping on there and reading a bunch of troll tweets. But still to come here on The Vault, partner, an important off-season timeline to keep in mind when it comes to Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Bobby, as we've recently noted, three things can happen when it comes to ironing out Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore this offseason. Number one, he and the team can reach an agreement on a long-term extension. Let's hope that happens. Number two, the team can use its franchise tag on him for the 2023 season, and he plays on it. Or number three, the team can still place that franchise tag on him and then opt for a trade. Right, and obviously all three of those options are all unique in their own ways. Sarah, let's hone in on the latter of those, though, and and that's that third option, the tag and trade. I feel like there's this common misconception regarding big-time trades and how they tend to align with the NFL draft in April. And while that certainly can be the case, and has been the case in Baltimore, I mean, just look at how the Marquise Brown deal shook out last year on the opening night. This situation, though, that the team finds itself in with Lamar is just different. And if a trade does end up coming to fruition, expect it to go down well before the draft. Here's Ravens salary cap analyst Brian McFarland on Glenn Clark Radio. I mean, I I would have to think, the first thing DaCosta did this offseason was go to Lamar and say, do you want to be here? Right. You know, and if, and if the answer is yes, then okay, let's work on it. Or you have to understand, we, you know, we have the tag in our back pocket. Um, but if you don't want to be here, you know, then I would think if the you know, NFL combine that gets taken care of, I, I don't think, I know you guys were talking about, you know, by trading him by the draft, but I would have to think the Ravens, if it's going to be a tag and trade, they're going to do it before the off before the new league year, so that they can do what they need to do. If they, right. they wait till the draft, then free agency is gone, and you know any other way of improving the team, uh, plus the you know having to pay put the tag on the cap until then. So I would think they would have that worked out if that's if that's the scenario that's going to play out. I would think that happens before March fifteenth. All right. So again, as Brian noted there, the NFL's 2023 league year begins March 15th at 4 p.m. That's an important date to bookmark on a number of levels. But in this scenario, and if a Lamar Jackson trade is in play, we should expect Baltimore's front office to have something done before that March 15th deadline. So, Sarah, that's obviously some background information on just one of those three options you mentioned at the top. What about the franchise tag route, though? Because I've been convinced this is where the two sides will end up for months now. It's just a gut feeling, especially seeing how the long-term contract extension option just feels beyond impossible due to the perceived differences when it comes to guaranteed money. Here's former NFL agent Joe Corey, again, courtesy of Glenn Clark Radio. Well, you definitely not going to fully guarantee a contract to Lamar this year because this is the second straight December. He barely played football or didn't play football. So why are you going to fully guarantee a contract to a guy who now has more durability concerns than he did when we were negotiating last time? So I still think 2024 is when the decision's made. If he gets through 2024 totally healthy, uh, plays all 17 games that erases some of the durability concerns. If you if he wins the Super Bowl, let's say he's back in 2023, you win a Super Bowl, then you have to do whatever he wants, just like he reluctantly did for Joe Flacco. I'm not comparing them as a player. I'm just comparing the situation in terms of you made Flacco the highest-paid player when you didn't want to from winning a Super Bowl. 
if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, you're going to give him a fully guaranteed contract whether you want to or not. I got to tell you, it is absolutely fascinating that there is totally a scenario in play here that could mirror that of Joe Flacco's a decade ago. And it all stems from both players' willingness to bet on themselves. So the NFL season hasn't even officially come to an end as conference championship games still need to be played this weekend. But of course, partner, that is not stopping the first round of mock drafts from being published league-wide. There's 28 teams that are already looking forward to rebuilding their rosters come April. And the speculation of who those teams might select come the 27th of April is obviously taking center stage. And Bobby, an early popular pick for the Ravens in the first round is, frankly, as I mentioned, kind of depressing. To kick things off, both of NFL media's draft gurus, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, and as we know, Jeremiah is a former Raven scout. Now, both these guys have Eric DaCosta using his 22nd overall pick on Florida Gators quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Now, let me clarify here. This isn't depressing because of Richardson himself or his projection as a player in the NFL. It's depressing because it would mean Baltimore and Lamar would still not have a long-term deal done four months from now, leaving the situation in limbo still and forcing the team to use a valuable first-rounder as a backup plan. Yeah, and that's essentially what Jeremiah said in his write-up with his projected pick as well. He said, quote, I'm throwing a dart with this selection. The Ravens have yet to ink Lamar Jackson to an extension, and Richardson would be a high upside developmental project for the organization. Baltimore's brass was steadfast this week, meaning last week, and its desire to build around Jackson for the future. But if contract talks don't progress in a positive direction in the coming months, they could apply the franchise tag on the former MVP, buying time for Richardson to eventually be ready to play, close quote. I'll just say this, Sarah, I don't know about you, but when I hear the words, quote, developmental project when discussing first round picks, the hair on the back of my neck tends to stand up. Yeah, and it's not a road I want to go down at all. Now, admittedly, I haven't followed Richardson much as we've been so focused on covering the Ravens. So I know you and I will dig into our draft studies over the next couple of months. But if Richardson really is a developmental quarterback, that sounds like a rebuild situation, which I don't think this town is ready for, and neither am I. So if the Ravens are going to be forced to draft a quarterback because they can't come to an agreement with Lamar, I'd like to see them do it after a trade that puts them in the top 10 to get a signal caller they have more confidence in. Now, meanwhile, those are just two guys' picks, right? ESPN's Mel Kuyper has a more optimistic outlook on the situation with Lamar, which is why he's projecting TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnston at 22. Kuyper wrote, quote, I think Jackson will be back. Does add that potentially he will be on the franchise tag. In which case, he needs someone to catch passes. Johnston could help the Ravens stretch the field. He averaged 17.8 yards per catch for the Horned Frogs this season. And at six foot four, he's still developing as a route runner. And he's a physical mismatch once he gets his body into defensive backs and leaps for the ball. Jackson could use... Johnston's length in the red zone, close quote. Oh, and Bobby, by the way, in case you were wondering, 
Kuyper predicted the Ravens would select Tyler Linderbaum in his first mock draft last year. That's a Baltimore guy right there, Mel Kuyper, Calvert Hall's finest, one of my favorites, maybe a little bit biased when it comes to uh, all things Mel. But like you said, he did not miss last year, so we will see how things shake out in the coming months in that department. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with this, and that's that former Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich has been named the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Reich had been rumored to be a candidate for Baltimore's offensive coordinator vacancy, so you can check that name off the potential list. Elsewhere, for the first time in 12 years, the Ravens aren't projected to be awarded a compensatory selection in April's NFL draft. These annual picks are given to teams with net losses and free agent comings and goings from the prior season. And finally, CBS Sports writer Jared Dubin did an exercise that named the perfect offensive coordinator candidate for each vacancy around the league. For Baltimore, he went with San Francisco 49ers pass game coordinator Bobby Slowick. And Sarah, if there was a fan favorite for OC, based on what I've seen, based on what I've read, I think it'd be Bobby Slowick. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching The Vault, a podcast covering the Baltimore Ravens. And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be sure to check out our big picture Q&A episode if you haven't already done so. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.